0: Welcome to another thrill packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, the Red Tea Party Patriot, and I'm joined by my co host, Don Dix, and Don often broadcast from his secret underground bunker uh, but because of this coronavirus situation and uh the studio we, i can't come into the studio covid, I have COVID forced, virus covid oh, please oh, don't disparage
2: corona any longer
0: okay right it, it, it's a wonderful beer <laughs> <laughs> has nothing has, has nothing has nothing to do with this but i've been forced to find my own underground bunker to broadcast yes. from, although it's, yeah. although it's not nearly as well appointed as, uh, as as Don's underground bunker, or so I hear.
2: Yeah, we just added a brand new porch so we can uh, sit there and look at the Cleveland uh, national forest out of our, the back of our house and enjoy the greening hills with all this rain. Great to hear you, Greg. Uh, miss you actually, because we, as a result of this, uh, statewide shelter in place or stay at home order or request, as Mark Moisure would have us talk about it, is in force. We are, um, we haven't been able to get together. So it's, it's great to hear your voice and be with you.
0: Oh, same. And I—I uh, I don't know about you, but you know, ever since this, uh, I've been sheltering at home. My my social life hasn't changed. <laughs> Your social life.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, well, we got to fix that once this shelter order is lifted. We got to get you out more often. I was watching, cruising through Facebook, and I saw some hilarious memes that people are starting to post. One of which is. Uh, dad creatively developing new options for phys ed for the kids shows him jumping off the second floor inside the house to four layers of inflatable mattresses saying here's this is phys ed class kids so parents are probably having to adjust to this new normal in ways that they didn't anticipate for their staycation that's what this is turning into kids and and parents are uh, trying to figure things out in their new uh, in their new existence of uh, quasi homeschooling staycation.
0: Yeah. And I, I know there was a a, a, a report on Babylon B, another one of my one of my favorite news sources that, uh, you know, they found that when, when, when families are our Isolated at home and and uh, and sheltering at home, that the, the the happiest families are those that occasionally look up from their electronic devices and acknowledge each other. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you know, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about what uh, we our thoughts are on the new normal. But before we do, we should probably spend a little time just kind of going through context of, you know, how bad is this. Um, Corona or COVID virus, it's easy to fall into that lapse. It's COVID or the, um, the other name that I, I prefer for this, Chinese virus, or even more accurately, Wuhan virus, because that's, of course, where it comes from. And the president has been summarily uh, routed by the media for daring to uh, be so racist as to call it the Chinese virus. So what does that mean? Do we now call people from China? just people and forget the Chinese part or, you know, Germans, if they come from Germany, what about the uh, German measles? What about MERS, the Middle East repris- uh, Respiratory Syndrome? All of those names.
0: Uh, I guess those are off
2: limits yeah. now, right?
0: Uh, presumably. Uh, it's, it's the silliness of, of their identity politics, of course, is that everything comes back down to, your racial or ethnic identity or your other, other identity group. And, of course, we're always the racists. Um, but you're right. There's other diseases that have been named. Hong Kong flu, a variety of others have been named by where they originated from. And, show me, sure, the Chinese people have nothing to do with and are not at fault for the emergence of this disease. Although the, the Chinese Communist government, I think, does bear blame because they suppressed it both internally and externally when this came up, when the doctors in Wuhan first started, hey, we got a new disease here. The Chinese communist dictatorship did not want to hear about that. And, and if they had acted aggressively and openly about that, this, this situation might have been headed off. They might have been able to contain it early on.
2: Yeah, this part of what has to happen as a result of this, once the world moves its way through this um, and starts to look back at what it was, we we need to make sure that China is held to account because literally in any just and lawful setting, actors who recklessly pursue uh, what you really can only characterize this as hazardous activities – you know, are held to account for the foreseeable harm to others. Um, You know, for instance, in the winter of 2002 to three, the deadly SARS uh, virus, which is also a Corona virus derivative, uh, exploded out of China's wet blood wildlife market. SARS infected 8000 people worldwide, killed almost 800 yet uh, post-crisis. Uh, China was, you know, there was only lax lax enforcement of bans on the offending markets, o- only permitting them to flourish soon thereafter, which is suspected to be the source of this disease. So somewhere along the line, China has to be held to account, not only for originating it uh, out of a market that sh- should have been shut down or, or those markets should have been vastly reconfigured, So that they could not be hotbeds of this, as it turns out now a second time. But the the the, so those wet blood markets, as they're referred to, need to be tamped down. But they also then in when when things started to explode out of China, we couldn't get accurate information. There you know the Chinese even today are uh, denying the world certain genomic information about the coronavirus that they that they detailed um they have for, they have uh, records about what unfolded in china have been all but destroyed um so there there was a um a lot of uh contributions if you will that china could have uh could have lent to the effort to arrest the the spread of this that they didn't so like we've done in the past where we have removed any kind of immunity from uh, national actors on the world stage. That's something I think that China needs to be held to account for. And any veil of immunity has to be lifted for China and they need to be made to pay for this. And then the U S has to rethink who manufactures our pharmaceuticals and our, um, you know, our, our, our the, the, the kinds of things that go into antibiotics we're hearing anywhere, depending on the, the, the item anywhere from 95 percent to 70 or 80 percent of the components of some of these things are made in china so from a national security perspective uh we're hosed if the communist government of china decides they're going to weaponize this entire uh platform against the united states it's possible
0: yeah well good good luck suing and and collecting any money from uh, from china that's i that's not going to happen. But you're absolutely right about uh, well, what is holding to account is to. We talked, about, we had Jennifer Zhang on our show a few weeks back, who was the who was a political prisoner and was horribly tortured in Chinese labor camps because of her involvement in Falun Gong, which is basically they teach meditation. Um, but but they, the Chinese dictatorship thought that anything independent, any kind of independent organization or way of thinking, was a threat to its existence, that that Chinese regime needs to be undermined, and, and it deserves to be undermined, and this is actually, I think, what we've been able to gather has been undermined in China. When the Chinese vice premier went to Wuhan, even though all the residents there were locked into their apartments, they, they were shouting out the window insults at the guys, so I, so I think, so if, if there's anything good, if, if there's any good that may have come out of this, then it may be that it has served to undermine in China that uh, fascist dictatorship, that, among other things, and as Jennifer told us, they're, they sell human organs harvested from political prisoners for a profit. Is and it's hard to think of something more reprehensible and despicable than that practice, but that's what's going on with the with the with the Chinese regime, and it deserves to be undermined, and the circumstances, rightly so, should undermine it. Exactly. Now we, we just one of the places that all the media are going to for information about coronavirus is world ometer's Dot info. So you look at that, and under coronavirus, as of when we're recording here on Thursday, the total world cases are five hundred nineteen thousand and some odd. Total deaths, uh, about twenty three thousand five hundred, and that's a lot. Twenty three thousand five hundred is a lot of people, and that's a tragedy for everyone who died and their family. But if you look at the main, the front page of Worldometers, some other interesting numbers: total deaths. This year, from all causes, 13.7 million compared to a grand total of 23,500 from coronavirus. Deaths today, and there, you watch the number going up, 81,400 and some odd deaths thus far today, all causes in the world compared to the total deaths thus far attributed to coronavirus of 23,500 so you start mm-hmm. to look at that and you, and you look at the same thing domestically how many deaths there how many deaths there have been you, and john Hopkins has some good numbers on that you go to their website and uh so you got total deaths thus far from coronavirus to- total not just today total of 1093 and again Every day, every, uh, every early death is a tragedy for the person who died and his or her family and friends and colleagues and so on. But people, people die from all sorts of things. I, as of last Sunday, the total deaths in the United
3: States reached the level of the deaths from just the preceding week from flu.
2: That is one of the most important numbers I think that we can uh, suss out because it's hard to compare, you know, a pandemic like this to car accidents. But the flu is something I think that is relative to this. And the numbers that I am seeing of this, you know, worldwide, uh, you know, flu numbers are huge right now compared to the corona you know to the covid or the Chinese virus. Keep slipping back into my old ways there in terms of the nomenclature of this virus um, but you know the thing that concerns them of course, is that this particular virus is going to overwhelm you know they 're projecting downstream. this virus will overwhelm the hospital the ability of hospitals to take care of this. So right now when you drill into the numbers you see in the United States the states that are um you know most uh, affected by this well it's New York New York by far and away strips uh outstrips every other state in its actual number of infections it's I mean it's 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 astronomical the difference between um New York and the rest of the country. In fact, if you drill into Worldometer a little bit, you click on USA, it gives you the total number of U.S. deaths, total number of U.S. cases. Those recover. But you keep going down. New York, as of Thursday, at the time that we're recording the program, 37,200 cases. The next closest is New Jersey, of which, keep in mind, a lot of people who commute in and out of New York live in New Jersey. So a good chunk of those cases could be directly related to those folks, you know, working and spending a good portion of their lives in uh, New York. They're at 6,800. So 37,000 versus 6,800. You know what our buddy New York Governor Como says are the reasons that New York has 15 times the number of COVID cases as, say, California? You know what his reason is? I have read. They're that. more they're more welcoming. They have a welcoming spirit in New York. On the other hand, I can't think of a more um edifying statistic to say, hey, New York, that's what walls are for. Because if, if you had uh, you know, a a grip on people flowing in and out of your state, you wouldn't have killed uh, right now, that number stands at 385. It's for sure going to go up in New York, but New, New York as a state. And if you drill again, if you drill into that and look at the counties, the vast number of things are coming from the county that New York City is located in. 385 deaths. So good on you that you're so welcoming. But that just cost your state 250 lives, approximately. Comparing that to other other states, the epicenter of this whole thing. Washington state, where the first COVID virus uh, related illness was was uh, logged twenty five hundred and eighty eight people and one hundred and thirty two deaths. Most a lot of those deaths in the early days were due directly to those infected at that nursing home where this uh, outbreak really, really started in Washington. So good for you.
0: Let's take a pause here for a word from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back
3: after this.
1: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends right here on AM 590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. MLS
3: ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch MLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated MLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number zero nine two five eight three seven Equal housing opportunity. AM 590. The answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590 The Answer.
2: Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire Radio Show, the show for the most important political office in the entire country, the sequestered citizens of the United States. And I'm wondering, I want to talk about this later on in the show, but since I mentioned that, I want to make sure we talk about the new normal, Greg, because there certainly is going to be a new normal. To what degree that new normal is, it depends on how long this lasts. But um, along those lines, President Trump is talking about trying to get the economy reopened by Easter. Uh, His doctor that's now a household name, Dr. Fauci, says Corona, that the COVID virus, the China virus is going to dictate the timeline. But I think Donald Trump did something in that statement that is important to do. And leaders need to paint a vision. Part of what makes a good leader is they paint a vision for the future. And the vision has to be getting back to work. The timeline of that depends, of course, on how this uh, disease, this virus runs its course, how quickly... The results of this national economic shutdown and shelter at home process lasts. Many people are saying two to four weeks, uh, you know, it'll be a recession, but we will emerge from it. If this goes three to four months, as some are saying, we could end up in a depression that the economy will never, uh, you know, arise from in the next, you know, decade. The question is is the cure worse than the disease and there are people out there that feel that what is being done is a lot worse than the actual disease and without getting into the you know the cost and of course as you've said and eloquently so that You know, no lives are, you know, worth money. I mean, there's no way that you can put a price tag on the the price of a life, especially if that's a life that is. okay. but we do. But we do. No, no, we don't. You and I don't. But but governments do. Yes. As as,
0: as a country, we do as a civilization, we do. And you look, you know, we, we didn't. Roughly, thus far this year, twenty-two thousand people have died of flu. My doctor told me that over the last season it was sixty thousand. But we did, and yes, but we didn't shut down the economy to, in a exactly. desperate attempt to save the twenty thousand or the sixty thousand. One of the, the third leading cause of death in America, at about one hundred sixty thousand people a year, is our accidents of all kinds at motor vehicle. Actually, the three largest are are falls motor vehicle accidents, and poisonings. Well, wait, falls?
2: Falls, are the, falls. Th- are the first largest cause of death?
0: Of, of, of the accidents.
2: Well, we, you know what we need to do immediately is we need to sequester against gravity. Because obviously yes. gravity represents an existential threat to human life.
0: Yeah, yes. Well, that, that and climbing, up don't find anything you can fall <laughs> off of. <huh? laughs> okay. But common but maybe, sense, right. Okay, but, well, but, but the point is, we did not shut down the economy. So inherent over uh, to try to save the hundred and fifty thousand every year. So inherently, not expressly, we don't have we don't have that conversation and say, well, how much how much GDP per life are we willing per unnecessary early death are we willing to spend? But in essence we do that by having cars. We know that there's gonna be about forty thousand a year, are going people are gonna die in motor vehicle accidents. Right. We choose the economic and and convenience and the benefits of having motor vehicles. Now, of course, how many people died in the the days of horses? Falling off their horse, getting kicked by a horse, getting run over by a horse, and so on, as well as diseases that were spread by horses and 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 what the horses leave behind. Okay, but we don't, so inherently we do make those choices. We make we make the choices to see understanding there are going to be some deaths, but we want we, we like the, the highest standard of living and because we have the higher standard of living because of our modern technology and industrial society, overall the death rate has plummeted and longevity has vastly increased compared to the days before modern society and modern right. civilization.
2: I've I've got to believe, and now the U.S. policies don't dictate the policies that other governments engage in. And a lot of these uh, societal shutdowns are happening all across the world. But there is a portion of the reaction to this that has been fomented by the by the media trying to make it the um, what would this be coup number four. You know, that you talk about not getting accurate information out of China. The media has been, you know, fomenting inaccurate information uh, to their audiences. Most recently, when this unfortunate death occurred with this individual who decided that they were going to ingest fish tank cleaner, which was similarly named to the malaria medicine, the media inexplicably and with malicious intent i feel called it the same drug as the one that had been talked about by the administration and president trump that showed promise in arresting the spread of or you know the spread healing people curing them of of the uh, virus and they blamed donald trump they literally said it was that the, this was the same drug that Donald Trump had suggested, which is completely inaccurate, it has the same name, but it's a phosphate. The, the right. media is responsible for a certain portion of the fear and the reaction that uh, we're having here in the United States to this.
0: Oh, absolutely! And this, this, as this thing ramped up, there was a, they wanted to cause a recession or depression. They wanted to attack. They wanted to use it politically and. Donald, we'll talk more in our next half about the politics of all this, but right now we are out of time, up against a hard break, so stay tuned for our second half of Unite, i.e. radio.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net.
3: Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back
0: to Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office that of the private citizen. And as Don reminded me over our break, like Rush Limbaugh, and our prayers go out to him as well. Who, and he really has a serious disease. Um, our talent is also on loan from God, albeit Don's. In my case, the microloan department. The micro loan department, exactly, exactly. So we were, we were talking about uh, we, you know, putting the disease in some context, and yes, if you if you if you have it, if you die, you'll. Know, that's a tra- That's a great tragedy of course for yourself for your family, your friends, your colleagues. but people die from all sorts of things, and we are putting that into some into some context, uh, like the uh, one hundred and sixty thousand Americans that die from accidents of all kinds every year. but we don't shut down the economy so now Donald Trump is beginning to, to, to talk about okay we can we can't make the cure worse than the disease and we need to start looking at how do we reopen the economy and get people back to work we we can't sustain this situation this is going to be a a worldwide depression if we continue with this for, month, for months on end, right. and that also has not only economic consequences, that has health consequences, because you, sure. a poor country is not a healthy country, and people lose their jobs, they lose access to health care, they stay away from the doctor, You got know, alcohol and drug abuse, uh, marriages break up, all yeah, so all sorts of things, all worldwide. If, if this is allowed to continue, and we talked about the balancing that we accept that by virtue of having motor vehicles, about forty thousand Americans are going to die every year, and a lot more—I don't have the number offhand—are going to be seriously injured and, and hospitalized. Maybe some of them may suffer uh, permanent injuries and and disabilities because of motor vehicles. But we don't but well, we don't shut down the economy over that, and this is going to be a, this is going to be a huge debate coming up because as if Donald Trump tries to move in this direction we've seen how the Democrats and the mainstream media, but then I repeat myself have tried to exploit this crisis at every step of the way to try to gain political advantage and harm Donald Trump and like all their previous attempts, it hasn't worked because what the people have seen is Donald Trump and his team are have, we have a very, we have a difficult, unprecedented situation, and they're working hard and doing their best to try to deal with the economic and medical and health I- impacts of this. And they, I think they, and they see the Democrats and the media playing political games with well, it. They, but as you try to reopen,
2: go ahead. No, I was just going to agree. They are. They're they 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 are. They're the ones that now. I mean, and it's interesting if you look at the uh if you look at the timeline of how things unfolded, it was January 17th when Donald uh Trump himself uh let me actually pull up that note so that I can give you the accurate uh, you know, version of what it was that 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 unfolded on January the 17th. Um Donald Trump ordered the CDC to begin screening travelers from China, was the first world leader to do that. On January 31st, Trump put travel restrictions restrictions on China, um, was the first world leader to do that, although there were other countries that did that the same day. So the timing of that is somewhat debatable. but he was. But January 31st was the first day that travel restrictions started being placed on China. On February 9th, the New York Health Commissioner encouraged everyone to participate in the Lunar New Year parade and not to believe the misinfo about COVID-19, and now New York, as we discussed earlier is a hot spot for the for the virus that como himself has blamed trump on then you had bill de blasio who tweeted out on the 2nd of march now keep in mind things were really starting to heat up by by march in terms of the thought that this could become a global pandemic uh and in his tweet he said since i'm encouraging new yorkers to go on with your lives and get out of town despite coronavirus. He used that word. I thought I would offer some suggestions. Here's the first through Thursday, the, the, the fifth, go see the traitor. If the wire was a true story set in Italy, it would be this film. So he's encouraging people to go to the movies on the 2nd of March, the media for their part in the very beginning actually made fun of Donald Trump. Even Joe Biden, called him xenophobic uh, for instituting the travel uh, ban on China and called him a racist. You had the media for two weeks after that uh, joining in the chorus. And now the script is flipped. Donald Trump is trying to get us to start visualizing going back to the way things were before we settled into our couches at home. And the media is saying, well, that's irresponsible because we don't know exactly how long this is going to last. So the media at every step step of this has been on the wrong side of it, exaggerated and reporting on uh, claim, exaggerated claims of this pandemic and at every turn lambasting Donald Trump. Now you have NPR who has stopped carrying the president's daily press briefings and you've got MSNBC and CNN that are contemplating doing the same. The media is always on the wrong side.
0: Right, and they're always on. They're always on. The, they're always on the Democrat side. But this is this is where it becomes a challenge you know, to move. And I think the right policy is going to be towards reopening the economy because the for most people, coronavirus is not a. I mean, you may get sick, but you're not going to die from it. It's it's elderly with as elderly they have other underlying health problems and people with compromised immune systems are the ones that are primarily at risk of dying or getting really seriously ill because of this disease and to move towards instead of sheltering and isolating everyone and closing the economy it's to be to try to protect and isolate the people who are really at risk from this disease. And that I think is the direction that Donald Trump wants to go. I think that, ha- that has to be the right re- reaction because otherwise the cure will be worse for, for lots of people for health and economic reasons than the disease. But as you do this, then you have the Democrats and the media, again, I, re- I repeat myself, everyone who dies is now the fall of Donald Trump. Yep. Well, you should, you, should, you should keep it closed. You need to keep everyone isolated for the next six months to make sure we have this 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 conquered. Although as Dr. Fauci said, he's the head of the Center for Disease Control, is that you, you expect this as the as this we move into the summer season, it will naturally subside like other like the flu here, but it'll become more. It'll come. It'll, it'll grow in the southern hemisphere as they go into their winter. And then he said, right. it, 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 it's likely to come back again in our next winter. So how many years do you want to close down the economy over over this? When you look at, you know, we, we went through some of the numbers in our first half about how this compares to death from other reasons and other causes and other other health hazards. But politically, it becomes, you know, we know what the Democrats are going to do and the media is going to do is they're going to try to blame. Every, every death after the, Donald Trump tries to reopen the economy on Donald Trump. You know, your grandfather, your parent, your, wife, whoever it was, your family member died because of Donald Trump, and, and, he was just, and Donald Trump only cared about the money. Right. So, 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 so that's what he faces. and we come, you know, what, the, what do the people want? I mean are, are, are the people willing to do as the panic subsides? And, uh, you know, as people get used to, we get used to living with flu. We get used to living with the risk of auto accidents and, and other things. And uh, the panic survive. Are the people ready to adopt a more rational and responsible? Yes, we understand there are risks of reopening the economy, but there are there are bigger risks of co- of closing the economy and causing a severe recession or, yep. or, or, even, or even depression. And again, how long, how many months? Are we gonna do this?
2: This is part of the problem that the the White House coronavirus response coordinators are dealing with Dr. Deborah Burks, who is the very elegantly elegantly dressed lady that is a part of these daily press briefings, has had to uh deal with uh the exaggerated reporting on the potential fallout from this pandemic um Chris Hayes from MSNBC uh, warned that the that the uh, Chinese virus, of course, he used, didn't use that word, uh, could kill one percent of the U.S. population, which would be three point three million people. That's it. That's the kind of claim that Dr. Burks is saying is particularly harmful when it comes to uh, dealing with the expectations and the fear on the part of. Americans, Because here's here's part of the problem. When you have an economy that's doing good, people are optimistic. They're willing to spend money they haven't even earned yet in the form of loans. They're willing to go into debt because they feel confident about their jobs. If you make people feel... Uh, you know, lack of confidence, a lack of optimism. But that and that's exactly what I think Donald Trump is trying to do is to re encourage that feeling of optimism. His tweet on the 25th of March was the lamestream media is the dominant force in trying to get me to keep our country closed as long as possible in the hope that it will be detri- detrimental to my reelection success, which is, I believe, true. The real people want to get back to work as soon as possible. We will be stronger than before. That is what a leader should do, is paint a vision of what is going to happen. In the midst of this tragedy, this is what Churchill did. This is what Franklin Delano Roosevelt did when uh, we were attacked by uh, Japan and we started Embarking on one of the biggest efforts to develop wartime machinery out of turning commercial businesses into producers of war equipment. That's where this Iowa class of battleship originated from. What Donald Trump is trying to do is what a leader does, and that is to begin to paint a vision of expectation. We will go back to work. We will be stronger than ever. We are Americans. We can beat this. On the other hand, you've got Mario Como, who said 80 percent of New York runs the risk of getting infected. You've got uh, the governor of, of California when he announced his you know shelter in place or stay at home request. He was saying 56 percent of Californians run the risk. Now, I think they're doing that for a couple of reasons. Number one, when this thing is over, they can say, well, look, we never got to 80 percent. Therefore, I was successful. So I think that they're they're padding their numbers so that they can look back and say we did really well. But on the other hand, I think they're trying to scare the crap out of people so that they can, you know, uh move them into compliance on these orders. And neither one of those, I think, is the correct thing to do. The media is showing itself once again to be detrimentally, opp- uh, uh, completely opposed to any success that can be attached to the presidency and the administration of Donald Trump.
0: Yeah, well, there was a, there was a Democrat Congress, someone whose name escapes me, who was at one to of a town hall and said that it, that they they. Don't pass. They don't pass legislation in, in some cases that just because they didn't want to get give Donald Trump a win. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just about coronavirus. It was, it was it was a more generalized comment. And, right. Uh, right, right, right. So, so that's exactly right. But I think the, I think they have a larger agenda here, and it's not just they want to defeat Donald Trump, but they want to create. More government dependence. They want to destroy the private sector. They want to reduce the private sector and leave people dependent on government. So I think you, you, if, if Donald Trump does try to reopen the economy, I think you're going to have uh, the Los Angeles mayor said is well, Los Angeles is going to be closed for months. That's crazy. Now, it, it is, but, but well, it's not crazy. It's that's what. They, they both want to harm the economy to d- diminish Donald Trump's re-election prospects. And they don't care how many people are hurt if they can defeat Donald Trump. But also, I think it is they want more people dependent on government. They want these jobs so the businesses are go out of business, not just they're out of work temporarily, but there's no, there, so there are no jobs to come back to. So you have, they have no place to go other than to be dependent on government
2: boy we could just have we could have a 5 hour show because as you're talking i'm starting to think of all of the downstream of impacts on this the impact on the unfunded pension liability the uh, the losses are estimated to be 69 billion in pers uh pers calpers alone and that's going to tip uh that 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 could the trickle down of that could tip Uh, a significant number of cities into bankruptcy, which could tip the whole state into a economic meltdown. If these guys get what they want, we got to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about what possibly the new normal out of all of this is going to be and what people can do to position for that.
0: After this word from all star collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, when you're allowed to drive again, of course, uh,
2: Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show. I'm sure our listenership is going up because all y'all that can't go anywhere have to sit at home and find new things to entertain yourselves. And I hope tuning into the Unite IE radio show is one of them. Remember, every show is podcast. So as soon as you hear it, you can go to the am590.info website, go over to the the local shows. There's a drop down menu that will take you to the podcasts, and you can share this podcast because I think now more than ever, people want information. They want to know what's going on and how to plan for their future. And I think that's a big part of the conversation that will emerge from this, Greg, my co-host on the Unite IE Radio Show, and that's the topic of the new normal. And I I just want to open that conversation up with a thought that it occurred to me During the latter part of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, as I was looking back over the last five years, you know, we started our radio show, the Unite IE radio show in November of 2013, had the first Unite IE conservative conference in uh, April of 2014, of course, this year's has been postponed, was scheduled for the 26th of April. That's being postponed until later in the year. Once things open back up again, we will have a 2020 Unite IE conservative conference. Just not sure what form it will take at this point. But contemplating the new normal, I was thinking back then in uh, in December and January, the pace that things were on, both economically and it sure seemed like um, the pace in our personal lives was just so hectic and moving so quickly. I was like, where does this go? Is this sustainable? Because I was looking back over that five years and thinking, man, if things ramped up where things are happening more rapidly, now enter uh, the Chinese virus and all of a sudden we're forced to contemplate our navels, among other things. And this new, uh, so the pace was unsustainable, I was thinking, but now we're faced with this new normal. What does the new normal light look like, Greg? What are we going to be prioritizing in our lives going forward that might be different than the trajectory that we were on before this? Certainly parents are being introduced to their kids for the, probably the first time since their birth. You know, it's like I saw one funny uh, cartoon parents coming down from waking up and they see kids sitting on the couch and it's and they look at each other and go, who are they kind of poignant? Because now all of a sudden parents are finding themselves unintentional homeschoolers um, and maybe they're discovering some things about homeschooling as one topic that they never really contemplated. And so I'm sure that there's many, many other areas of this new normal. What are What are you thinking that might be your new normal, Greg?
0: Oh, well, I, I I'm not sure my life is going to change all that much. Um, other than I may not have any income. So if, if this thing, if uh, <laughs> not if, if, that if, much, if, if, other if, than I won't have. Yeah, income. other than, well, no, well, So the, the economy at this stage, you know, is is like the roller co- roller coaster that has gone over the t- the, t- the top and is starting its Downward plunge and, yep. and 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 accelerating. So, how far is that going to go? I don't know. Is this is this if we if the Democrats have their way and we keep the place the economy closed down for months and months on end, we're, we may be looking at a Great Depression or worse worldwide. And then you know then the focus becomes getting getting enough to eat, finding a place to finding keeping in shelter, and so. That path is it's hard to see how the, how all that plays out, if on the other hand the over the next month or so the economy reopens, people calm down, the panic subsides, they realize this just can 't continue, and we move we shift from a sh- sequester everybody, quarantine everybody to Protecting the people who are really at most at risk for this disease and letting everybody else get back to their lives and work. So, will there will there be a long lasting change in this? Hard, you know, predicting the future is always hard to do. It's so much. It's much easier to to predict the past. I think there may be. I think there'll be less impact uh, than if it, if it comes back in the next month or so. The people will get back to the, the, their lives and all the things that we were doing before. There may be some. There may be some more work at home. People, will, oh, you know, I, I, really, you know, I really could. You know how much that'll be, but businesses look at that and uh, employers and employees look. You know, really, I was able to do pretty much all or most of what I have w- been doing in the office at home, and I don't have to spend a half hour or an hour commuting. Each way, and maybe businesses look at this. Oh, really? I don't. I don't need to have as large of an office. I can. I can. I was able to uh, have teleconferences and monitor my employees and what they were doing. And so we were actually able to operate without having bringing people into the. So you, you, you may see more of that. And I would hope to see people more more homeschooling, as we've talked about the problems with the government run schools that uh I mean, say, hey, you know really I, that, actually that wasn't a bad thing that was a good experience i, I you know that educating you're know, trying to teach my children that was actually a, that was good family time we had we had some good times together, and I was able to uh you know to improve my relations with my children and have more control- so that there may be some of and it may go together, so as you're able now as you're now able to work at home more. You now have a, you you may now better also be able to do some homeschooling is, okay, I'm working, but the kids are in the next room working on their stuff and I can take a break and go check on them and see, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So more homeschooling, better for better education and to undermine the anti-American, anti-Christian indoctrination that's going on in the government-run schools. That could also be a lasting effect. So those I, those would be the, the directions that I would see this going and, and, of course, bringing back our pharmaceutical manufacturing from China and more understanding the importance of being able to control immigration and controlling who gets into the country.
2: I think certainly the control of flow of people is one thing. But your conversation, your comments on homeschooling made me think a little deeper into that. Remember, one of the great building blocks of America has been the nuclear family. And all of the policies introduced by the left has been to undermine the nuclear family starting back in the 60s with removing God from school and then the uh, impact of uh, the civil, a lot of the civil rights work was to dismantle the African-American family, went, went from 75 percent of households in the American family community having a head of household to 25 percent. I wonder if a byproduct of this and the homeschooling experience doesn't rebuild that building block of America that made America great and uh, what the impact of this mindset is going to do. So uh, it's great to be with you. We could have used five hours in order to unpack all this, but that's going to do it for us here uh, for another edition of the Unite IE Radio Show. Tune in every weekend at Saturday at 4 o'clock for the Unite IE Radio Show and times throughout the weekend when we get free plays. Every po- Every show is podcast. Share
3: that. Share this one. Thank you for listening. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161.
1: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can